Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Happy Sunday. This is because every day is Sunday. This is Pastor Stacy, the author of Happy Sunday because every day is Sunday. The new devotional that promotes hope and love and the wisdom of God in a way that you can understand it by using nature and science and the world around you. Today is February 25th. And in Happy Sunday because every day is Sunday. Today it says, think of the Bible as a gym where we can work off excess weight and burdens. We all have a membership, but some of us never go. That's why our hearts are still heavy and our lives overburdened. That's why we run short of breath and words to say when we need God the most. That's why we end up sweating everything, even the slightest and simplest tasks like love and forgiveness. So get back in the Bible. You'll develop a stronger heart for God and your life will be in better shape. Amen and glory. So think of the Bible today as a, as a, as a gem. Again, to work out all these heavy things that the world is trying to put on you. And each one of us has a membership. We've been offered faith. We all have a measure of it where we can believe in Christ and we can read the words of Christ and understand them and apply them to our lives. But some of us never go to the Bible like some of us never go to the gym, even with free memberships. That's why our hearts, again, are so heavy. So full of all these other burdens that we're trying to carry, worldly burdens that we haven't exercised enough faith to be strong enough to lift. And that's why our lives are overburdened by them. And that's why we don't have anything to say in prayer. That's why we, in the midst of the prayer, run out of breath, run out of inspiration and stop praying. That's why we end up so upset about every little thing and can't even do the simplest things God is asking us to do, like love one another and forgive one another. Those things are too heavy for us to even lift to even think about. And so if we get back into the Bible, like it's a gym, and really start to work out our faith, really start to exercise our faith, then things will change. And we'll develop a stronger heart for God. That's what exercise does. It builds up the heart. And exercising faith, reading the word of God, which will help you exercise faith, which strengthens you so that you can exercise faith, it builds up your heart for God, which makes you stronger. And it puts our lives in better shape. So right now, you may be completely out of shape. You may be, uh, what's that worldly phrase? As big as a house, but it's a house of God. And if it's a house of God, then it can change. You can turn things around. Stories change. If you look through history, if you look at the world around you, look at some of the stories of people. Walt Disney, that wonderful cartoonist, the one who's won what, 59 Emmys, the one who's written all those movies and cartoons, the Donald Ducks and, and all the, and the, the Daffies and the Mickey Mouses. Well, in 1919, he was fired from the Kansas City Star because, quote unquote, he lacked imagination and had no good ideas, according to his editor. So Walt Disney had no good ideas. Just take a second to think about all the things that he's created and all the imagination that he's stirred in children and adults over the decades. But he was told he had no good ideas. And the world may be telling you that you're no good. And you may be imagining that that's true. But things can and will turn around if you trust God, if you exercise faith, if you get into the Bible. Van Gogh. Look at him and those paintings that sell for two, 10, 20 million dollars. His paintings may be worth millions today, but nobody gave his paintings a second thought in his lifetime. Matter of fact, 
He managed to paint almost 900 paintings in about 10 years, and he only lived to see one sold. And that was to a good friend at a low price. Now, can you imagine him sitting there devaluing himself, saying that his work and his life was worthless? Yet here he is, years later, one of the most valued artists of our time, of any time. And so we have to look at things differently, and the Bible will do that. But you have to, again, exercise faith. You have to exercise faith in the believing what God has said about you and not what man says about you and not what the rewards of man say about you. You have a heavenly reward. You have riches in heaven, and that's where you're going to spend it. You'll be able to spend it for eternity, but it's yours now, and you're rich in it. And if you believe it, you're rich in thought, and you're rich in spirit, and you can walk and spend in that spirit. And what can you buy? Happiness and peace and joy. So believe, but you have to exercise your faith. You have to get into the Bible. You have to use your membership. Charles Schultz, the famous cartoonist who brought the world peanuts. We all know peanuts, right? Charlie Brown, Lucy, and all that fun stuff. We all love that, right? But none of the drawings he designed for his high school yearbook were selected to be published. His fellow students thought they weren't good enough. Uh, you're not good at drawing cartoons, Charles. And so later on, though, he continues drawing, and he goes to apply for a job, and Walt Disney turned him down. <sighs> Can you imagine him walking out of that building and looking back and saying, Disney doesn't want me. They didn't want me in high school. I bet you he was ready to give up. But he went on and, 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 and he created Charlie Brown. <laughs> Thank you, Charles Schultz. And don't you give up. People may tell you you're not good enough. They may have been telling you that for quite a while, but I don't care how long they've been saying that. It's not eternity. And eternity is going to prove otherwise for all eternity. But you've got to trust God. You've got to trust what God has given you. You've got to trust that God has put in you what he has for you. And what God has for you is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? A couple more and I'll stop, but I just want you to see how things can turn around. I want you to get the bright idea. I don't want you to, to think badly about yourself just because others think badly about yourself, because the Bible will tell you who and what you are if you dive into it. It'll create a sense of purpose, a create sense of faith, a, a, a sense of self. You'll be one with God and one with the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit will rise you above anything trying to pull you down. There's a baby who couldn't talk at the age of four. He was three years old and he still hadn't talked. He was four years old and he hadn't talked. And then suddenly he started talking. But up until that age, they started wondering what was wrong with him. Maybe he was a little slow. Maybe he was a little dumb. Because most babies start talking at what, two? You start cackling a little bit and you're at one. Here he is, four, hadn't said a word. I bet you they were thinking, oh, this little dummy. And to make matters worse, okay, he started talking at four, but then he wouldn't start reading until seven. So you got him at five and he can talk, but he won't read. At six, he can talk, but he won't read. He's seven and you're like, uh-oh, we've got a little dummy here. But thank God that little dummy grew up to be Einstein. And what will we do without him and his theory of relativity or the photoelectric effect, right? How will we be taking these selfies and, and all this today? So in the name of Jesus Christ, don't let people make you think that you're, you're dumb. Don't make people. Don't let people think that you're not what God says you are. But if you fill your, your mind with the wisdom and the words of Christ, then you'll see just how smart you are. You'll see that it's not what you say to the world. It's not what you have to say or read into the world. It's what you say about God, and it's what the world reads into you. It's about them reading the word of God into you. 
And it goes vice versa, too. Don't go around thinking that everybody you see is so great either. There are a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing out there. So we do have to be wise about things. We have to understand that things change and we have to look at things with wisdom. Yes, our situation can turn around. Yes, we can change from things we were into the things we're not by believing on, on the Lord. We can change from things we were into things we're not today by believing in the Lord and on the Lord. And in that same vein, people who we look at today, in, in one sense, can be totally opposite. So you have to watch out for sheep and wolves' clothing. That's part of the wisdom that the Bible gives you. There was this guy named Theodore, wonderful guy, who worked on a suicide helpline. And the reason he was such a great person on that helpline is because they said he has such a manipulative, manipulative personality. He can talk you into whatever he wanted to talk you into. And that probably saved a lot of lives. Can you imagine some of those folks ready to die? And then this guy talks them into living. He talks them into turning things around. And you would think, okay, this is a great guy. And on the surface, it looks like it. But later on, Theodore, or Ted Bundy, as we know him, did some pretty awful things. And he's remembered for those things instead. So there's a lot in there to unpackage. One, watch out for wolves in sheep's clothing. Two, You've got to be careful to guard your heart and guard your mind because one thing can change into another thing and quite quickly. Stories change is what I'm trying to say. Stories change for good or worse or for good or better or worse. And in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever your story is, it can change for the better if it's not what it should be in Jesus Christ. Jesus's life was a story, the greatest story ever told. And he brought, like stories do, uh, the Old Testament to life. He lived it and he walked it and he showed us the love of God. He brought that to life for us. And as we bring him to life, we walk and love one another. We walk and forgive one another. And all of a sudden we become stories. We become one of his uh, parables. So be that type of story. Disciples, they came to Jesus and they questioned them when they didn't understand them. They questioned them when they didn't understand the story. Once he was talking about weeds, wheats and tares or wheats and weeds, and, and they didn't understand it. So they waited till they got home and they asked him, what was that all about? And he explained it to them. In our lives, as Jesus is rolling this story out, sometimes we won't understand it. Sometimes the parable will get a little tough for us. We won't understand the analogy. We won't understand what God is trying to say by the things that he's allowing to be done in our lives or the things that people are saying to us in our lives. But if we go to a private area, a private place, if we go into that prayer room, if we go to, to our personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and we ask him there, what's going on in this story? Why is this character being like that? Why is this particular plot, plot twist happening? Jesus will explain this story because we're disciples too. We just need to make sure that we have a personal relationship with him, that we're taking the time and that we have the time to go somewhere and talk to him one-on-one -on -one and ask about the things we don't understand. Because those empty spaces that we don't understand in our minds and hearts, they'll fill up quickly. And the reason they fill up is the same reason bare spots in the ground fill up. Nature abhors a vacuum, which means that nature will not let anything be desolate. It'll find a way to fill empty spots with what it is. That's what nature does. And so the devil uses nature in this natural world in a spiritual sense to fill in our empty spaces, our empty spiritual spaces with things of this world. So if we don't have trust. If we don't have faith, 
then he'll fill that with worry. He'll fill that with doubt. He looks for those empty spaces. So it's up for us, to us to fill in the story. And if we know the story, if we've been reading the Bible, if we've been diving in and exercising faith and filling ourselves with the word of God, then we won't have those empty spaces. It won't be these places of doubt in our lives when things happen. If I get sick, I, I won't have just a place of doubt to have, have fear rush in. Oh, I must be dying if I'm sick. But if I have faith in God, then, then immediately I'm thinking, oh, I'll be okay. Because everywhere I look, I see his goodness. I see his, his life-giving words sustaining me. But when I have those bare spots and the devil is rushing to do the things that will make me sicker, not in body, but in spirit, which will make me sicker in body. So fill in those spaces today. And what do you fill them in with? The word of God. And the more you fill them in with the word of God, the more you can walk in the word of God. Be careful with the company that you, you hang around because the company you hang around, you can get entangled with those folks. You get too close to them, especially when you share the same roots. You come from the same family, same neighborhood, the same type of background, the same, the same color. And so now if someone tells a lie, the devil says that all blacks do this and all blacks do that. Now you've got black boys who have black roots growing up thinking, well, this is the way I'm supposed to grow because they're entangled in those lies. They're entangled in those beliefs. But when we separate ourselves from the world mentally and spiritually, then we don't get entangled in those things. We can grow up with the same roots in the same neighborhood, it's the same color, with the same circumstances as one person, but believe on the Lord and end up a totally different way. We can grow into different things. And that's why the Lord doesn't just rip us up in our sins. That's why he's so patient with us, because he loves us and he knows the story changes. He changed the story himself. He told us, hey, get out of this garden. I'm changing the story because you disobeyed me. He told us, Come back to me. I'm changing the story because I'm going to die for your sins. He changes stories. And so in our lives, he's saying, yes, you've sinned. And yes, you may be out of the garden that you were in, in your mind, in your heart, the place where you thought you would live forever and you would grow and prosper. Maybe you've done something or said something or been some type of way that's displaced you from what you thought you were and who you were in Christ. But what he's saying is that story, well, in God, but what he's saying is that story can change when you accept Christ, when you get into the word, which is which is Christ, which is which is the word made flesh. And so when you get into this, the story can change. So I'm trying to say, get into the word, get into the Bible and beware of the toxic friends and family that can uh, keep you from turning pages. Pages can get sticky, you know. And when you have elements touching the, the, the book and the pages that, that don't agree with letting them flow freely from one, one page to the next, then suddenly those pages will stop doing just that. And when you allow family or friends, toxic people in your life to start touching upon your thoughts and your, your, your decisions, then what they'll introduce are ideas and things that will eh, make the things that you want to do in Christ, those pages you should be turning in him, they'll make them a little sticky. You'll be missing pages and you'll be skipping over things that that, that, that you should have read into. You, you, you'll be not loving the way you should have been loving. You'll be not doing the, some of these things that you should have been doing in Christ Jesus. So, again, watch what you get entangled in. And don't let the world negatively influence your story. Just understand, as it says in Haggai 2.9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Your story will change, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I'll give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. I know it doesn't look like the story is going to end the way you wanted to end in this book. 
I know it doesn't look like it's going the way it should be going in your book. But what we do understand is that the story can change. So you keep changing those pages. And your faith, you'll find, is what's writing them. You'll find that your faith is what's changing in this story. Your faith is what's driving what happens. Look again at the story and say, hey, what type of story is in that Bible? What type of story is in this gym? Look at Naomi at her husband's grave. Imagine that. She's in. She, she's married and she's thinking she has this great life about to begin. And she's with her father-in-law and mother-in-law. And, and they're in a land with, 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 with hope and promise, they believe. And now her husband dies. It's time to give up, isn't it? No, 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 no. She kept turning that page. She didn't set the book down. She turned the page and she kept writing that story in faith. Ruth, I'm coming with you. Your God is my God. Your people is my people. I'm going to die where you die. She had faith. She kept writing her own story. And you don't have to give up no matter what happens, no matter what dead situation you're looking at, no matter what grave of an opportunity that you're staring at right now. You can get up. And you can connect yourself to hope, to something that's moving towards the Lord and moving to where he is. And, and you can end up in a place where you'll be restored. Joseph in that pit, his brothers had put him there. Imagine him calling out for his brothers and seeing, seeing the traitors coming to pull him out and enslave him. Imagine him in jail because he had tried to faithfully serve a, a boss and had been lied on. You could have been sitting at those bars just saying, I give up now. I just give up because, you know, brothers, everybody who I put love and trust in, everybody I'm with. But what did he do? And the Lord pulled him out of that pit. So wherever you are, the Lord can pull you out of that pit. He can change your story. Moses in the desert herding sheep. He was supposed to be a prince in Egypt. And now he's been in the desert herding sheep 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. But he didn't give up. He waited for that plot twist. He knew that if I kept turning this page, if I kept reading this story, this story is going to change. And it did change. The crippled man at the pool at Bethesda, Jesus comes there. He'd been laying there. He'd been crippled so long, so, so long. And he was waiting for some type of miracle, some type of change, but he couldn't get something to push him into the change that he expected to happen. And Jesus said, you don't need anything to push you. Get up and change the story. You just need to turn the page. Get up and take that pen with you. Take that bed and you go out and you write a new story, a story of hope, showing that the thing that you were once laying on, you're walking around carrying it now. All the things that were a burden to you, the things that had pulled you down and you were just resting in that sadness, now you picked it up and you're showing it as a sign of hope and encouragement to others. Lastly, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years bleeding internally, weakened physically and weakened financially, weakened mentally, looking for doctors, looking for some type of fix. It may be something draining you on this page that you're on. It may be something bleeding you dry and it's been doing it for a long time. But if you push through, and that's what those people were in that crowd, they were pages. And there were so many pages in, the, in, in, in these books that we read in our own lives that it looks like, you know what? How long do I have to go through this? How long is this book? And it's saying the same thing over and over again. But there are some long chapters that we have to go through that we won't agree with. But if we read through those chapters, they'll connect us to other chapters and help us understand those next chapters and help us appreciate those chapters. So we push through. 
you're reading the Bible, Chronicles is such a hard read. Chronicles is such a difficult read. Or all these old Hebrew names saying someone begat somebody. Why, why, why? But as we get through the Bible and start understanding the tradition and the, the passing down of genealogy and we see the connection and then we understand that how 2,000 years ago, the same blood that flowed at Calvary flows today. We can understand how it connects from one saint to the next through the passing of faith and the passing of understanding and wisdom in Christ Jesus. But the story changes. You just got to keep pushing and turn that page. And that woman that, with that issue of blood, she kept pushing through that crowd, turning those pages till she got to the chapter she was looking for. Till she got to the chapter that started talking about touching a him. Till she got to the chapter that talked about reaching out. Till she got to the chapter that said that virtue started being drawn out of Christ himself and coming into her. That's when it got to be good reading. And in our lives, that's what we have to do. Is we have to keep looking for our chapter, that virtue chapter, that him chapter. And once we get a hold of that page, and we really will start writing what we know to write, what we understand to write. Because that testimony will put more ink in our pen. It'll put more blood in our hearts. And the blood still works. It works to write a new story. So your faith is a continuation of that same story of those saints, the story of believing and trusting in the Lord. As we approach the last days, we need to place our faith in the farmer and not the other plants in the field. As we sit here as wheat standing next to these weeds, as wheat standing next to tares, we need to understand that the farmer won't pluck us up until we're ready to be plucked up. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up. And the farmer knows the season, so we trust him. And we apply that same wisdom that we find and exercise in the Bible to those around us. So we don't pluck up and we don't put down others. We don't say that you're no good and you know there's, there's no good in you and you'll never be this or you'll never be that. Because Paul says such were some of us. And so we understand that the story changes. And so we encourage others and we hand them our faith. We hand them our pen. And we tell them that they put ink in that pen. If they ink up and start to write, that they too can change their stories the same way we changed ours. You don't have to be knock, uh, knock off about this. You don't have to be fake about this. You know, you can be the real, true Christian you want to be by trusting in the Lord, by getting into the Bible, by exercising the faith, believing what it says, meditating on it, and allowing the Spirit to open up the wisdom of God to you. And it'll make you true in him. And he wants you to worship him in truth and in spirit. He'll provide the spirit if we accept the truth. Anything else is a knockoff. It's like one of those Gucci purses with one C or, or the, the, the polo with, with, with no man on the horse. It, it's not the real thing. And those things are made with cheaper materials. They're, they're, they're things sewn, not, not well stitched. Things sown in wickedness, like unbelief, fear, and worry, they come apart at the seams with the slightest pull. That's what that's what fake clothes do. And that's what knockoffs do. And if you're going to be a knockoff Christian, if you're not really going to read the Bible, if you're not really going to take in all this stuff, then you're going to come apart at the seams when, when things start going wrong because you're not well-stitched. You're sown in, in wickedness instead of righteousness. So things tugging at your heart, they'll cause you to fall apart when you're stitched that way. Those cheaper synthetic materials made of natural things, fake smiles, fake love. Those things don't last. They wear out easily and quickly. But if you get into the Bible, you get into the word, then you become real and you avoid the whole knockoff sheep and wolves clothing, tricking and deceiving yourself thing. 
that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> but take your time and unpack it. And while you're unpacking, get your Bible out and do some exercise. Okay. Because we tell parables with our lives and our lives should reflect the, the, the Christ who is the truth. When they don't, we're telling and living a lie. And nobody wants to live that. So walk in faith, get into your Bible and know no matter what situation you find yourself in around, uh, around you right now, look around. And if it ain't heaven, then say to yourself, this is not how my story ends. I love you in the name of Jesus. Happy Sunday because every day is Sunday. Uh, it's available on Amazon.com. If you read Happy Sunday because every day is Sunday for 30 days straight, it'll change your mind. It'll change your spirit because it works in conjunction with the word of God from which is the, the, the things are poured into it. That's where it comes from. To again, pierce you and get you into the word, get you into believing and trusting God. I love you. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast. Happy Sunday. God bless you. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Okay. So that is sad because it works on it worked on yours, but it didn't work on mine. What? Mine cut off.